Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back. Joined in studio right now by Devils legend Patrick Eliash, and it's an honor to have an athlete of your stature uh, in person in my presence here. Uh, so thank you for taking a couple minutes to come in, and congrats on the well-deserved honor. Coming up now on February 24th, your number is going to be retired, going to the rafters, amongst other Devils greats, Scott Stevens, Danico, Niedermeyer, and of course Marty Brodeur. First, Patrick, tell me about what this honor means to you. Well, first of all, thanks for having me tonight. Uh, I'm in today, and uh, you know it's a it is unbelievable. Uh, as you just mentioned, all these four guys, uh, the names, uh, the type of players uh, they are or they were, you know, they're not just uh, New Jersey Devils legends. They're uh, uh, National Hockey League legends. You look at uh, Scotties, uh, both of them. Uh, they were the, probably to me one of the best in their positions, and uh, Marty Brodeur. Again, to me, he was the best uh, in the net, and uh, Kenny Danico, what he meant to this organization, the, you know, the, just the work ethic, uh, it's amazing, and I, I got to consider these guys as my friends and my teammates, and uh, looking forward to uh, Saturday night. Yeah, and the big difference is you got a bunch of defensemen on there, you got the great goalie, and now here you are, the best Devils, you know, forward, obviously, and scoring, you know, leading the Devils in all the scoring uh, stats you could possibly imagine, greatest offensive player in the history of the franchise. So that's got to be pretty cool for you too, right, to go along there not only with your teammates, but do something that hasn't been done before, lead the franchise and be the first one up there to have your number retired. Yeah, totally. I think it just shows the style of hockey the Devils were playing for most of most of my career. But uh, uh, and it also shows that I had to play for a long time to get those numbers up. But uh, you know, I I was lucky uh, uh, to play with some great players, obviously, and um, not always it was a good teams or an offensive teams. But um, uh, you know, as as I said, uh, you know, I dealt with the injuries at the end of my career, which I was lucky enough and uh, had a long. Uh, uh, longevity, and uh, I'm so thrilled that I had the opportunity to play in National Hockey League that long. You know, I, I I should tell you, we'll get further into this stuff as the interview goes along. I, I happen to be a Ranger fan. Not that I hate the Devils. I mean, if you go back to, you know, 95, 94, things like that, yeah, I mean, it was a big-time rival, but certainly have a great respect for all the Devils franchise has done, and you as well. But there is some stigma to being the def- – you talked about it, the defensive style that the Devils play. And even though you guys had great success, a lot of people from the outside would say, oh, my goodness, what an ugly brand of hockey. You ever take that personally? You don't really care, you or your teammates, because you guys kept winning anyway, regardless of what style of play. Well, I can agree with some of the years, obviously. you know, There were uh, some years that we did play very defensive style of hockey, and uh, we didn't do much offensively, and we just kind of relied upon not getting scored on and uh, having Marty in the back and having a great defense. Right. Uh, defense. And um, But there were also years, uh, especially the couple of the years uh, um, in my career, those were the most fun I've had. It was in the 99 and 2000 and 2000, 2001 season, and we were leading the league in, uh, you know, least goals against and also the most goals for and not... N- no one was talking about us having the most goals for. Everybody was still talking about, uh, you know, whatever defensive style of hockey we were playing. But, uh, you know, when it worked, 
you can really argue that you know the success that we had so you cannot go against it and uh, uh, there were some coaches that really just uh, played a defensive style of hockey but there were some coaches that just took some of it and uh, implemented their own game and uh, and uh, those were the greats like Larry Robinson we're joined in studio Devils legend Patrick Eliash can have his number 26 retired Saturday February 24th uh, at the Prudential Center. Doors open at 4.30. You can watch it on TV. MSG Plus coverage begins at 6 o'clock. Get there early. Ceremony starts 6.15. Uh, Devils play, take on the Islanders. I actually, even though I'm a Ranger fan, I was, you know, I've been in the business uh, doing broadcasting for a while, and I happened to be uh, at both retirement jerseys uh, or ceremonies for Danico and Stevens, and it really is a great atmosphere. It's a great night, so you're going to have a lot of fun, obviously, out there. Former teammate. Have you had the list of guys who are going to be out there uh, to help you out and be it, there with you? Yeah, all these four guys that are uh, uh, right. Their jerseys are retired. They'll, they'll be there, which is, which is, you know, I'm very uh, excited about. And some of my uh, former former teammates, obviously, you know, Peter Sikora, Jason Arnold, Bobby Holik, Sergey Brillen, uh, Mike Krupp, uh, Brandon Morrison, and uh, uh, and and others. You know, so I'm excited that uh, I'm just gonna have a fun night with all of them. Okay, let's get into it. Why weren't you a Ranger? I mean, was it 2006? You had the the contract stuff, and you could have been a. You know, the Rangers end up getting Holik, and they get uh, Bruce Driver, a former Devil. They get obviously Scotty Gomez, but you, Patrick, you could have been the one to make things different for the blue shirts at MSG. What happened there with Glenn Sather and the negotiations? I, I think it was back in 2006. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I was very close. Uh, you know, it, it's it wasn't just that it happened overnight. Uh, you know, there wasn't much of a conversation between me and the Devils, and actually the last conversation we had was at the end of the season prior, and they just said, you know, wish me good luck and that they might not be able to afford me uh, financially, that there's going to be other teams that uh, uh, is going to be interested in me. And once the free agency opened up, there were f- quite a bit of uh, teams, but uh, at the end there were only two teams uh, uh, really down the wire that were interested, and uh, at the end it was just pretty much the Rangers, uh, and uh, we almost had a deal done. Uh, and um, you know, at that time, uh, me making that move across the river, I know how difficult that uh, move would be for me and for the fans and for everybody. And uh, um, I kind of wanted to have the the the, uh, the no trade move in in a contract because when you're making that decision, you kind of want to have your next few years at least in your hands so you know what's going to happen to you because you don't want to be moved again and when that starts happening you all of a sudden find yourself going from team to team and, and um, you know they weren't willing to uh, give it to me and that was kind of a deal breaker for me. And were you hurt by the devil's lack of interest in the beginning or you think it was just because they thought you were going to get so much money they couldn't afford you that's why they weren't interested? I don't know I mean, it's a good question I think it was maybe both you know I was kind of a little bit disappointed but they didn't show more interest to be honest right because it seems like you wanted to be there your heart yeah. was there you wanted to be with the one franchise you had success you weren't really into going anywhere else even for more money but they didn't show interest you had to go elsewhere and then you kind of went back to them right. saying hey look this is what I have but I really do want to come back here yeah you're exactly right and <laughs> you know a lot of people don't know exactly the way it was the way it transpired about uh, ex- you just mentioned that uh, that's the way it was I was uh, there was no talk there was no interest um, and uh, it, uh, on the other hand they were honest with me and I really kind of prepared myself for for the uh, um, option for me to leave to go to the other team when the negotiation started and it wasn't really going the, the way I wanted to maybe and it wasn't always about finance don't you know don't get me wrong because I at the end of the day I made a decision to to uh, to call Lou, my, me personally, and uh, tell him what's going on, and give him a chance to 
um, you know, to maybe uh, start negotiating with, negotiating with me. Well, that was going to be my next question because forget about the no trade or the no move clause, which obviously was important to you. I'm assuming you left money on the table, thinking the Rangers probably had the more lucrative deal. Correct? Yeah, and uh, there were a couple teams that that were that were giving me better deal, and uh, it wasn't always obviously about the money. I wanted to be on a team that uh, had a chance to win. Um, you know, was I was so almost like spoiled, you know, because I was my first few years, my first decade in the NHL, we pretty much made the playoffs every year. And once you get a taste of it, that you know that's what you want to have. That's uh, th- Those are the teams you want to be part of. And uh, um, But uh, as, as we mentioned, you know, it wasn't about money. And at the end of the day, I made a call to Lou myself. We made it work within five minutes. And uh, then the, my agents, uh, you know, uh, finished the deal. And I guess it was meant to be. I don't know if they were maybe waiting for me to call back um, on my own terms, uh, uh, reach out back to the Devils, or maybe the Devils thought I'll be getting a lot more money from other teams. But uh, I guess it was supposed to m- happen this way. Yeah, great for you. Great, even better for the Devils. 18 seasons with the Devils. We're in studio with Patrick Elias. His number 26 will be retired next Saturday, February 24th, at the Prudential Center. Maybe this is my New York bias, the Ranger fan bias, although I try to be balanced now as I've grown into less of a fan and more of a broadcaster, but I do feel like the Devils kind of get overlooked. I know that the Devil fans appreciate you and the organization appreciates you and put you on that pedestal, but if you would have done what you did with the Devils with the Rangers or Marty Brodeur, I mean, you guys would be all-time New York sports legends. You ever think about that? Does that ever mm-hmm. impact you, or do you know if it impacts any of your te- former teammates at all? Um, trust me. I think that, uh, you know, we when we saw the way other teams were run, um, uh, media-wise, et cetera, the promotions of the each players, uh, um, you know, you were like, why is this not maybe happening to us? But at the same time, we knew that the man – Lou Lamarello, that's the way he ran the team. You know, no one was above the team, and um, so he always said to us and thought that all these things would distract us from the game. Uh, on the other hand, I think it's important to reach out to to be out there to reach out to to the fans because they come to watch us. They come to you know they pay our bills and uh, our checks, and uh, um, we're there to entertain them. And if you don't give them something back. I'm a huge soccer fan, for example, right. and I I follow some guys just because they're I like something maybe off the field, you know. And and if you don't know that, if about that, maybe I won't become the, their their fan. So I think it's great that what the Devils are doing now, last couple of years, they really uh, um, changed their approach and they uh, see the way uh, media can help uh, to reach out to the fans and. Um, promote their players, uh, etc. And I wish maybe we would have that back then because, like you said, in those years, in 2000, 2001, then we won in 2003, those teams we had, the individuals we had, um, we could have, you know, and, it, and I don't mean it selfishly, we could, we could have a m- lot more fans, a lot bigger fan base, and therefore... You know, it, it would make uh, it would be better for everyone. I mean, for the amount of winning that you guys did as an organization consistently, it has to be the most 
underrated or underappreciated thing in the tri-state area. Again, I know you're not quote-unquote a New York team, but come on. I mean, it's the Devils, Rangers, and Islanders when it comes to hockey. You know all about the other New York teams here. When those teams win, it is the most special thing ever, yet here you are, New Jersey Devils, consistently winning Stanley Cups, getting to the Cup Finals, knocking off the Rangers to do it, and I always felt like it kind of just doesn't get the full appreciation that it deserves, and maybe you're on to something. Look, you can't knock or second-guess what the organization did because you guys won, but maybe there was that lack of connection with the outer fan base as opposed to just the devil specifically making you guys more personable and getting yes. getting to know you guys better. Yeah, I totally agree with that because uh you know we we had a we had a Marty Brodors, we had a Scotty Steam, Scotty Nirmeyers, we had a you know uh Scotty Gomez coming up, we had a line you know, me Peters and uh, and Jason Arnold and we were one of the best in those couple of years in, in the whole league and uh, yeah, business wise you would mean now, or you would probably hope for a better or for a different approach. But uh, as you said, you, you can argue that because Lou was running the team the way he did, and uh, as I as I mentioned, you know, he felt like the no one is, uh, you know, everybody has to be on the same page. No one is uh, can be sticking out, or uh, that it would be too distracted to us to perform and do our jobs. And he wanted to really just to focus on what we were supposed to do, and that is to play well on the ice. He sounds like, I mean, look, the guy's a great winner. He knows how to put together a team, coach a team. He sounds like, though, there may be times where it could be difficult playing under him. You ever have any issues with Lou? What was your relationship like with uh, Lou? Uh, cloudy sometimes, you know. Sometimes there were <laughs> thunderstorms. Sometimes it was sunny, so it was... Uh, but at, you 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 realize that's life. That's that's the way it is in normal life with everything. With uh, um, if I in, in hockey, you know, you're not gonna always play well. You're not always gonna have a great season. It's it's up and down. And uh, it was the same thing in the same relationship with Lou. You know, at the beginning, you know, me just trying to come in and prove myself. Uh, he didn't like some of the stuff, my appearances. I had to learn the right way uh, to represent the logo, the, the team, and. Uh, you know, he gave me a lot, no question about it. Uh, he taught me a lot. and uh, um. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At the end, you know, we had some ups and downs, but uh, at the end, I think we had a great relationship uh, towards the end of my career and uh, so much respect for each other, and uh, it got better. We're talking with, uh, Pat, uh, with uh, Devil's legend Patrick Elias going to have his number 26 retired February 24th at the Prudential Center. You can watch it on MSG Plus at 6 p.m. Try to get yourself into the building. Those things are fun. Uh, there'll be all Devils great players out there as well, so it'll be a big-time night for the Devils and obviously for Patrick as well. How about the Olympics in today's game? You're a guy who played in, what, four Olympics for the Czech, Czech Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, NHL now not allowing their players to go play in the Olympics. How would you handle that? What do you think of that whole situation? Well, I, I get the both sides. You know, I, I understand the business side of it. I know, uh, well, you know why they made that decision. On the other hand, me as a player or former player, I always love going there. It's, it's a special event. Uh, it's not a, obviously on a uh, yearly basis, but... Uh, that's why it's even more special to go and represent your country. And um, 
you know you're going to compete against the best always. And that was the most important thing. When you go to the Olympics, you know you're playing against the best from that, uh, from the op- opponents, uh, you know, from different countries. And uh, you know how much it meant to the people back at home uh, in your uh, in your in your homeland. And uh, um, it's not just about that sport. Uh, it's about the experience being in the village with other athletes, you know, cheering for them, the Olympic spirit. And uh, it is a special event. And me now as a fan, I'm disappointed. I, you know, I don't get to watch these uh, best players there because there is some talented hockey players in, in the NHL. How would you handle it if you were playing today? Would you not want to play the year with your NHL team or would you just continue to do so? Well, you got to know that, you know, this is your uh, livelihood. This is uh, the, it's your job. Right? Yeah, it's your job. So you cannot really make a decisions on your own. And uh, uh, and I understand there's guys, you know, Alex Ovechkin was very vocal about, uh, you know, that he wanted to really represent and and rightfully so. But uh, I'm sure they understand that, uh, you know, the job uh, that pays your bills and uh, is your livelihood is here and uh, they have to follow the rules. Explain to me, because I always have an issue with this, whether it's the Olympics in, in hockey, whether it's the World Baseball Classic, you know, mm-hmm. I, I just watch these athletes and it feels like they care more about the World Baseball Classic in baseball than they do about the yeah. regular season games. Sometimes, you know, you hockey guys care more about the Olympics than you do trying to go out and win a Stanley Cup. Your guys won a couple of Stanley Cups. You've won, what, bronze in the, uh, in the Olympics, mm-hmm. I believe. What? Why is it? It almost seems like it's more important. Is it more important one than the other, or it's just two different, totally two, two different things? I don't think it's, uh, it's a matter of importance. I think it's just a matter of that the Olympics are just one, once in four years, obviously, and not every time you have a chance to go out there and uh, and uh, represent the country. You know, and you have uh, you have twenty three other guys from the country and. To have the chance to represent, you know, in my case, it was uh, 11, 11 million people or 10 million people, which is a small country. But we're so proud to do that and because we know how much it means to all the people at home. But um, I think, honestly, I think that the, uh, the, you know, when you compare that uh, playing playing at the Olympics, uh, trying to go for a medal or when going after the Stanley Cup, it's it's the same you, you, it's the same approach. You're trying to, you know, do your best and win, and like everybody else. And uh, it's uh, even winning the Stanley Cup. It's not as easy as it might seem. Maybe you know some guys have the. And you made it. You guys made it look easy. Sure enough. So certain years, you know, you realize that exactly. And I said that, you know, you kind of spoiled because, um, you know, in ten years you win in the finals, uh, you know, uh, three, four times, and uh, in the playoffs, pretty much every year. And you're like, okay, there's going to be another opportunity next year. But you realize that quickly that's not going to happen. And you hear stories that, you know, when we played the Colorado Avalanche, where Ray Ray Borg just made a move there and uh, played in the league for 20 years and didn't have the cup yet. So uh, uh, you realize how lucky you are to have the the chance to, to, to accomplish that. As a kid, young hockey player, did you have one in particular? Like your dream is to, I, I know maybe to make the NHL and all that, but to win a Stanley Cup or envision winning a gold medal? Was there one or the other as a youngster? Uh, to me, it was totally different because when I was growing up uh, back in, we were still in Czechoslovakia, um, we had two channels on TV. And uh, we, there was no internet, there was no phones, obviously. Right. So I didn't know anything about NHL till till I was about 15, 16 years old when I started traveling with the junior national teams overseas. I was uh, first time ever in uh, uh, in Edmonton and uh, close to the Edmonton in for, for one tournament with the national team, and that was the first time I saw National Hockey League game. 
and I was like, wow, this is this is something else. This is something different. Uh, you know, the full crowd, and uh, this is where I want to play. But until that day, I had no idea that, you know, what's going on in the world that there is a different league. So, to me, I had a really simple dreams, trying to get better step by step, play in. Uh, uh, you know, I had two older brothers, so maybe play the way they did. You know, play in a. Uh, for the men's in the Czech league and play for junior national teams and eventually hopefully make it to the maybe a national team and those steps kind of are followed after that all of a sudden I found myself being drafted and coming to North America and then you realize you know what's it about were there certain players or a team that you grew up idolizing when as you mentioned that first moment there when you realized was there any team or player in particular you're like oh my god i want to be just like that guy or i love this particular team mm-hmm. i i always watched uh, like watching the, the detroit red wings uh, oh, okay. and and stevie eiserman i thought it was a uh, his approach to the game what he meant to the organization two-way player um you know, I, I he was he was one of my favorites. Yeah, Eiserman, a great player. I even remember him. We're talking about Patrick Elias in studio. Going to have his number twenty six retired on February twenty fourth. Couple more before we let you go. Your current Devils doing pretty well this year. Coming out of nowhere, Nico Heischer, young stud. Yeah. They've been playing pretty well. You follow today's game and in particular the Devils. I do. I um, you know I spend time between uh, Czech Republic and 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 here in the states and. Uh, when I'm back home, um, I uh, it's my routine. It's part of my routine. I, in the morning, obviously, because the time change, uh, you know, six hours uh, ahead there, so I don't get to watch too many games live when they're at night at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. But uh, in the morning, uh, when I get up and before we go to school with the girls, uh, I watch the highlights from all the games, and uh, I love watching. I think. Uh, me now as a fan, uh, the game is so exciting. Uh, the players are unreal. What they can do, what they're capable of, and uh, and uh, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, with about the Devils, I, it always takes a little bit of a time to um, overturn and change the the organization and rebuild, etc. And these guys are doing a tremendous job with uh, starting with Ray Shiro and John Hines following and, and all, all of their staff and obviously having these uh, young guys, the young studs. Uh, you need a little bit of luck on your side, getting number one pick, and which we did, and Nico Hishi, and his, uh, it shows what a talented athlete these guys are now, at 18 years old, coming to National Hockey League, and they can make a difference, and uh, very proud of them. They're excited to watch, the Devils fans are excited, and uh, we, we all believe we're going to make it to the playoffs and uh, make a damage there. Yeah, they've been playing really well this year. Um, you, I don't know if you had many fights in your career, but on a personal... Five. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so you know exactly. Now, yeah. I, I'm somebody who, look, I've been in the stands before to plenty of hockey games. I've gotten into it, you know, watching the fights, and you get, you know, the crowd gets amped up. But as I've gotten older and, and seen it in the games, it feels forced to me. I, I, you know, the way that all sports have seemingly gone soft here, I've been saying the last few years, <laughs> I feel like there's there's no place anymore for fighting in hockey, and everybody kills me for it. But you, a guy who had five fights in your career, obviously not a major fighter, you played the sport at the highest of levels. What do you think of fighting in the game? You think it's a place for it, or you think they should kind of phase it out? Well, the game has changed dramatically from, you know, 20 years ago when I started. Uh, the fighting was a huge part of it because you had, uh, uh, you know, you had few stars, few players that were skilled and that were just uh, so much better. And uh, then the team was built. You had one line that was a uh, checking line and, and live, mm-hmm. you know, fourth line was the fighters and enforcers. So it was just built differently because the game was played differently. You know, it was very physical. Um, and uh, I watched some of the games from way back. 
you could get a penalty every shift. <laughs> and pre- I'm talking about everyone, all the players, no matter if they were fighters, uh, the skill guys. There was so much grabbing, hooking, slashing, cross-checking. And obviously with that, a lot of the games got out of hand. So you need to have those guys and protect uh, maybe the good right. players. Now, when you look at the way the teams are set up, the game is all about skills, speed. And I think it's fun. That's the way it should be because then, then you really see the talent of the individuals and the teams and the players. And uh, now you have four lines and everybody has to play well. All the defensemen have to be mobile, good skating, good skilled. And uh, I think it's a lot more fun for us to for us fans to watch this type of game. So you're with me. No more fighting in hockey? I, I, I agree. Um, you remember who you fought for those five fights? Darcy Tucker twice, once... Uh, Did you get the best of him or what? Twice, it's a good well, one. Well, I don't know if you know Darcy Tucker. He's, pretty, he, he, he's got probably a good... Maybe over 100 fights in and his career. And why twice so with him? He was picking on you? It was all in the playoffs. So we played ah, him two okay. years uh, okay. in the playoffs. And once I, it just happened in the corner, he just, uh, I turned around and I got a taste of his stick. Uh, you know, oh, I was so God. lucky I didn't, you know, I didn't lose all my teeth. But it was just unexpected. It was dirty that time. But uh, that kind of put me over the edge. And I got beat up, obviously, that fight. Okay. I wasn't ready for that. But the second time, I hold my own pretty well against nice. him. <laughs> And uh, after that, my three other fights, they were all against European. I was like, I, I better stay away from the North Americans. <laughs> Forget Darcy Tucker. I'm staying yeah. away from him. That's great. Yeah. Any regrets in your career? Um, not really. Uh, you know, I. Uh, how can you regret it? I, I had a chance to play for 18 years, play for one organization, make a legacy here, win the Stanley Cups, play with the... Uh, some unreal hockey players and great people build the relationships on and off the ice in the community that I lived in in New Jersey. Um, obviously, everybody says it's it's great to play uh, for Canadian teams. I remember Wayne Gretzky told me once uh, when I met him that uh, uh, you know it was the best uh, experience he had to playing uh, for the, for Canadian teams. And uh, uh, maybe, but maybe that if there would be one. But uh, um, at the same time. Not really, you know, that, that might be it, but you cannot really have any regrets when you have that type of career like I did. Now, you won two Cups, but how about losing the other two in the Cup Finals 2001-2012? And you think you guys were the better team? I remember 12, I didn't even think you guys were better than the Rangers that yep. year, but you beat them and went on to the Finals and lost. And then 2001, you feel you maybe missed out on an extra Cup? Yeah, in 2001, we had an unreal team. Those two, those two years, like I said, they were the best two years of my career. We had a, such a fun team. Skilled, uh, tough, uh, great goaltending, everything that the team needed to have. And we were one big family. It re- we really did. And uh, um, it was special those two, those two years. And the second year, we, we felt like we played even better hockey. And, we, you know, we were right in there and uh, didn't make it in the game seven, uh, obviously losing to uh, Colorado Avalanche. But uh, you learn. Sometimes that's the way it's supposed to be. You hear the. You know, the American happy end stories kind of, you know, and that's why maybe it was supposed to be that way because Ray Bork uh, got that cup uh, last uh, last year of his career move, you know, and being traded for that reason only. So every, everything happens for a reason and hop can argue with all the decisions. Yeah, it's not like you didn't get a chance to have one. I see you playing with your ring there. Which year is that Stanley Cup ring? Uh, this one is from 2000, actually. Yeah, that's my first one. And... Um, it's quite big, so I don't get to wear it that often. And uh, this is obviously a, 
uh, special special week, uh, special few days here, and it all brings the memory, so I'm proud to wear that. Thing of beauty. We're uh, talking with uh, Patrick Eliash, Devils legend, greatest offensive player in Devils history. He's going to have his number 26 retired. February 24th, doors open at the Prudential Center, 4.30 p.m. You can watch it on MSG Plus at 6 p.m. Ceremony starts 6.15. It's Devils and Islanders, so it'll be a great night. You'll have all your uh, former teammates out there who have their jerseys retired as well, so it's going to be a great night for the Devils. Patrick, can't thank you enough. Good luck. Enjoy it. Well-deserved ceremony. Thanks for taking a couple minutes here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.